Hey guys, we are Bad Moms in Business. I'm Bridget Robertson. I'm Amanda Sharp. And I'm Danielle Monahan. Today we are talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited. (laughs) Perfect. So perfect. Um, We decided that we were going to share our birth stories. Mm -hmm. And so it's my turn today. And uh, that's what we're doing. So I'm so excited. I love a good birth story. I do too. I don't know why I find them so fascinating. Everybody's so different. Everybody's story is so different. And you have two stories. I have two. And they're both very different. Very different. But the end result is so special. And I think that's why I just love them so much. I know. Squishy babies. We like the mother holding their baby for the very (sighs) first time. Mm -hmm. Stop. You're going to make me cry already. Mm. Bridget, if you don't make us cry during this story, you didn't tell it good enough. No pressure. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) she went there. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'll throw some fake tears on if I have to. Okay, fine. Here it goes. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. What, what do I do? Do I just do I just talk? Yeah. Okay. Let us up. We'll, kind we'll of- ask questions as they oh, come up. Yeah. So start with I assume you're gonna start with Aaron, right? Correct. Oh, we're not starting at conception. Okay, I understand that. I understand. Okay, oh, okay. Well, it. For, it starts for, when a man when a mommy and a daddy love each oh. other very much. I feel like we kind of already know the conception stories. I mean, with Bridget it, at least. For Jace. For Jace, yeah. <laughs> no, and Erin as well. And Erin as well. Remember the up north story. Yes, up north. So we'll so have we, to find those right. episodes and reference them because you just tell it so funny. So conception <laughs> was addressed before. <laughs> yes. Writing that down. So Writing it down. Picture it. March oh, 2011. And they tell me. You have a big fat baby in there and (laughs) (laughs) we are not going to let you go full term. You need to be induced. And I was like, you know, first time mom. How many weeks were you? I was 37 weeks Mm. when they said that we were going to be induced. Horrifying. They mm-hmm. induced you at 37? No, it must've been 30. No, it must've been 38. It must've been Okay. Okay. Listen, it was 10 years ago. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I I do know that his, um, well, no, it must have been 39 because his due date was March 27th Mm. and I had him March 23rd. Oh, okay. From 37, 38, 39. This is, it's been, it's 10 years is a long time. 10 years is a long time. Decade. Um. So, yes. So the day that we went in for our induction, I decided I needed to clean my house first. So I am like nesting fully nine months pregnant (laughs) and I am sweeping the floors and Chris is like standing in the doorway with the hospital bag. Like it's, it's time to go. And I'm like, I just need to finish sweeping the floors and stuff first. And Chris will still like, that's something he has so much pride in for some reason, because he will still tell people like, yeah, the day that that we went to the hospital, she was cleaning the floors. <laughs> but it wasn't like you were in active labor. Doing no, no, no. That. But I like that Chris is like bragging, writing it like absolutely mm-hmm. right on mm-hmm. it. 
go ahead. Um, so anyway, we went in, it was a Monday and we were being induced and I can remember specifically Chris's family. I love you all, but you're sometimes a little overbearing. Oh no. Um, <laughs> they know this about themselves. It's Did fine. I edit that part out? I don't know. Oh, nope. You can leave it. <laughs> um, so we're going in to be induced and all of them are like, well, we'll go to the hospital with you. And I'm like, nothing's happening tonight. There's, there's no need. But that didn't stop them. So anyway, go that in. Didn't stop them. I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. You heard that correctly. Um, I think my mom might have. I don't remember if my mom came the first night or the second day. It doesn't matter. Um, anyway, so Monday, I go in. They start the stuff to induce you. And nothing's really happening, right? It's just, it is what it is. Yep. Right. Tuesday rolls around and they're like, wow, your body must not have been ready for labor because like you're, nothing is happening here. So, <clears throat> excuse me, they have me lay on my stomach in this little like nest of a, what are those called? Bean bags. Um, oh, yes. Get stuff moving around, you know, and that's not working. And so finally they decide, and granted, I I'm having contractions because I have Pitocin like coursing through my body, but it's just not making anything. Um, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Um, so I'm laying on my belly, moving around. They keep checking me and I'm just making like minimal progress. So the doctor comes in and he says, we're going to break your water. And in 24 hours, you are going to have a baby one way or another. And I said, Okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever had your water physically broken by a man. <laughs> no. Is it, it looks like a crochet needle, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. And this man, not to be graphic, but because I was not dilated enough, he had to manually dilate me in order to be able to get his hand where it needed to be to break my water. When I tell you... <laughs> The hatred I had for this man. <laughs> I can still see his face. <clears throat> I don't remember what Aaron weighed, but I, I could point this man out in a lineup. I just, so <clears throat> did you have drugs at this point? I did not have an epidural yet. No, because I still needed to be able to get up and walk around. Mm -hmm. Fair. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that happened and they said, okay, 24 hours, one way or another, this baby's coming. I said, okay, great. So I'm, I'm up and I'm moving and I'm walking and I'm contracting and Pitocin contractions I've heard are no joke. worse than just like what your body would normally produce as far as contractions. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I've heard. Um, so Tuesday comes to a close. There is still no baby. I've been there now for 24 hours. And the next morning I wake up and they come and they check me and they say, you're going to have to have a C-section if, if things don't start moving quick, because at, at that point, the clock's running, your water can mm -hmm. only be broken course, for 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. Very long story short. Um, I, I finally get to where I need to be. And I have had these sweet little student nurses with me the entire time. And three o'clock, their shift was supposed to end and they oh. were supposed to go home. And I was getting close to being ready to push and they begged, can we please stay? Can we please stay? Oh, and so I know 
It was really sweet. Um, and my nurse, Darlene, was the best nurse ever. Oh, Darlene. Darlene at Henry Ford Wyandotte. Um, she was really super awesome. And there's a bunch of stuff that happened in between there. Um, you know, like the, the heart monitor kept falling off of him and they would come running down the hallway because they thought he was in distress and he wasn't, he was fine. I was in distress. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cared about you. No one cares about you. (laughs) No, but I do remember too. So I'd been there for so long and I hadn't eaten because I was in active labor and you can't eat. And I hadn't brushed my teeth because I was in active labor and I just didn't care. So they come and do the epidural. Cause I was like, I'm done. I I'm tapping out. It's time. And, um, I'm, you know, you have to like hunch over in the ball so they can stick your, yeah, you really, yeah. Yeah. And so I have a nurse in front of me, like holding me and I'm like breathing. Cause I'm so scared. And then I said, Oh my gosh, my breath is probably so bad because I have not. <laughs> At least you had like the sense to think that some of us didn't. She agreed that it was not the greatest breath she had ever experienced in her life, but here we are. It's fine. Yep. Um, she survived. It's fine. She survived. So anyway, my doctor comes in. I pushed for about 20 minutes and was very close to giving up because at this point I'm exhausted. I've been here for three days. Yeah. I'm done. The student nurses are like holding my legs. Darlene, my other nurse is like holding my hand and holding me up to push and they had to take out the vacuum, which at the time I was like, I'm a failure of a mother already because I can't even push my child out. They have to use the vacuum. Oh, God. That's a real thing. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. A real thing to feel that way, Bridget. Yeah. I was like, I can't even do this right. How am I supposed to bring this baby home? Mm. But it all worked out. He was born. He was, I think, eight pounds, 14 ounces. I don't remember. Big baby. Uh, yeah, he was a big baby. Um, and because it's a teaching hospital, there were a ton of people in that room because they were all learning how to birth a baby. And my doctor asked if the one of the student doctors, I don't know what they're called, um, could sew up my um, tear. <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, sure. At this point, like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> care. Uh, at this point, the guy next door could do it. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I was like, I would not have been having that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. I was like, sure. And there's a video of like, Mm-mm. I think Chris must have taken this video of Aaron being, you know, scrubbed down and washed off. And there in the background, you can hear me going, oh, oh. <laughs> so sad. I find it fascinating that you went from Chris was talking to you about the broom to this is the first time you've mentioned him in the story. <laughs> because he made me very mad. Um, not not really, but I think a lot of women probably could feel that way. So that's oh, yeah. going to say that. <laughs> well, because at one point, you know, he was there that whole time too. Um, and he had to sleep on the super uncomfortable window bed. Mm. And this man says to me, I am so tired. This is so uncomfortable. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of this room. And my dad one time walked through parading chocolate chip cookies and talking about how good they were. And I was like, you need to leave and you need to leave now. Get out. (laughs) I just can't. No woman would do that. 
No woman would do that. It's always the men that these stories are are told about. Completely oblivious. Totally. (laughs) So yeah, I went in on, on, on a Monday evening and I had Aaron Wednesday afternoon after being in active labor for a really long time. A really long time. And I think, like you said, it's the exhaustion that by the time you're ready to put in what you have to give the most strength towards, you don't have an ounce of energy left. No. So I like that you say that because I think it's so important to hear that. And, you know, I I read something and I'm curious if they let you. Did they let you eat during that period? Because obviously Monday evening to Wednesday afternoon is an obnoxious amount of time to not eat. So they didn't let you eat anything. No, I think um, I do remember having a dry bagel at one point, and I think that might have been Tuesday morning mm. because I think they realized like this not isn't going to happen, happen soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had a dry bagel Tuesday morning, and then other than that, nothing. I know we Yikes. have some listeners in other countries, and I've done some reading up, and these are not the experiences in other countries. Really they interesting. Are, they are given full meals to some extent up until like basically unless they don't want to eat. Interesting. And the birthing and comfort in general looks so different. So I'm curious to see what our listeners have to say about their experiences compared to yours, Bridget. So, and you know, what's interesting. Go ahead, Daniel. I'm sorry. You were was just going to ask a question. So go ahead and finish here. Well, it's funny because as you'll hear in my next story with Jace, with Jace baby, with the first with my first birth, I had a private room. I didn't have to leave the room. They came to me. Like mm-hmm. I labored there. I hung out there. I delivered there. Postpartum was there. I never moved. Mm. It was a private room. Nice. My other experience at the same exact hospital was completely different. And it really? me why, because it, it does not make any sense. And it'll make sense once you tell your story about Jace, but it just infuriates me. And I'll talk more about that after you kind of go through your story. What was your question, Danielle? So I was going to ask, did you throw up at all? No. Did you get the shakes? I did. Um, I did get the shakes and I did feel like I was going to throw up, but I never did. Mm, might because you were hungry. Because <laughs> right, I had nothing. I'm really focused on this hunger. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? This is this is super gross, but I have to tell you because I didn't I was not aware of this. So after you give birth, they immediately are like, all right, get up out of that bed and like go mm-hmm. to the bathroom. You know, they pull the catheter out. Yep. I had a catheter anyway because I had the epidural for yes, yeah, so, sure. so long that I had to pee and I couldn't get up. Um, so they take that out and they're like, okay, get up, start moving. And the moment I stood up, do you know what I'm about to say? Yes. I didn't know. I didn't know until I stood up. No, but nobody told me this. Nobody told you this. So tell it girl, tell it. I don't know. The amount of blood. Oh yeah. That just comes pouring out of your body onto the floor. Mm -hmm. But nobody told you. Nobody told you. And the nurse came in. When that happened to me, I don't mean to rob your story, You're but fine. you shouldn't have got up by yourself. Well, no one, you, you told me to go to the bathroom, but nobody told me that this was going to happen. So I, every mom out there knows exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and we won't stand up unaccompanied so we don't bleed all over the floor. Yeah. I had and- somebody accompanying me and I still did it. Yeah. <laughs> 
can't control it. <laughs> no, it just happens. It's just happening. And yeah. then the poor woman that had to come behind and like clean it all yeah. up. I kept apologizing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Cause I didn't even know that was a normal thing. I thought I was just going to die. I don't know. It was crazy. It is normal and it needs to be talked about so we don't feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. Make a stand on a towel or something. Goodness. So now I want to know why did that not, that same scenario about your, just the one room thing. Why didn't that happen to Jace? So the second, so I got pregnant, was going to have another baby, was super excited. And um, towards the end of that pregnancy, they said, this is a big baby. We're not going to let you go full term. You're going to have to be induced. And I said, you will not induce me. I said, I will either go full term or you will cut this child out of me. You will not induce me. And um, my doctor was like, well, let's think like, you know, let's think it over. Everything will be okay. So my next appointment, they said, um, you know, we're not going to let you go full term. He just looks, he's going to be 10 pounds. You can't, you can't go full term. Um, and I said, then you need to give me a C-section because you will not induce me. And so they did what I have, what I think I have figured out is a bogus ultrasound. I mean, they did a real ultrasound, but I think they lied about what they saw there so that my insurance would cover a C-section. They said something about how he was so big and that he would have had um, shoulder dysplasia had I done a natural birth. Interesting. I don't hate that they did that for you. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, So my second delivery, we scheduled a date. So he was due December 10th of 2012. He was born December 4th of 2012 by a C-section. We picked the date, we went in, and they put you in what looks kind of like a triage room almost, like it's nothing to write home about, and they give you all of the IVs and everything that you're going to need for your surgery, and then they wheel you into the OR. You want to hear a story about Chris? So, (laughs) this poor man. So, they, you know, they give him the whole spacesuit thing so he can be in there with me. And they wheel me in and they said, he's going to finish getting ready. We're going to give you your epidural and then we'll bring him in. So they do all of that. They lay me down. They cut me open and then they go, where's dad? Chris was not in there yet. So they had to bring him in as I am wide open. Because you know, there's the big big sheet. So typically you're standing behind the sheet and you You have no idea. You don't know what's going on. Oh, he saw it all when he had to walk by the thing to come to my head. So that's terrifying. Um, The weirdest part. So you can feel them like tugging and pulling and there's like a weird smell, but nothing hurts. There's a weird smell. It was, it smelled (laughs) like burning or something. I don't know. Well, I think as they're cutting you, they're probably cauterizing it. So you're not, it was just like bleeding all over the place. Yeah. Um, but the weirdest part about it is like, you can feel it and you're there, but it just doesn't feel it's, it's just, it was the strangest experience, I think. Um, so then they deliver him and they hold him up over the sheet and this baby is not 10 pounds. And I was like, how, how big is that, that child? I don't think I said it like that, but I said, you know, how, how big is he? 
he was smaller than Aaron, who I was able to have naturally. So the C-section was not even warranted. Okay, so I have a question about this. And Mm -hmm. you may not know the answer. Was he tall? Was he long? Um, He was longer than Aaron. He was, I think he was 22 inches. Aaron was 19. Interesting. Which is weird because Aaron is like the biggest kid I know right now. Tall. Tall. Super tall. Anyway, um, no, I think, you know, it's known that the longer you are in your, the further along you are in your pregnancy, the less reliable those ultrasounds are. You can't rely on your Mm -hmm. 38 week ultrasound to give you an actual Mm -hmm. idea of how big your baby really Mm -hmm. is. So when they're telling me I'm going to have this 10 pound baby and they needed to induce me, I was like, absolutely not. No. Well, you can't go full term because he's already 10 pounds another couple of weeks. You know, he's only going to get bigger. And he was smaller than Aaron. Interesting. Yes. Um, The one part that I did not like about the C-section is that once it's done and, you know, they have to like put your guts back and all of that. I'm so eloquent. Um, no, so that was actually a question that I had because I don't know much information about C-section. So it's legitimately like pulling out organs, taking baby, putting them back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to double check. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. That. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, so, but they kind of put you under to do all of that stuff. And so I wasn't out. I wasn't, it was just like a general like twilight that I was in. But all of a sudden I woke up and I was in another room and my baby was next to me in a bassinet and Chris was there. I'm sure Chris was holding him. I'm sure he wasn't just like, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, if I remember correctly, mom, you'll have to, you'll have to remind me. Um, I think that other people got to hold him before I even did because I was asleep. Oh, my heart. No, I, it may, I may have laid down the law and said that that wasn't allowed, but I do believe it was an option. And I, I feel like I said, absolutely not. No one will touch him until I do, but mom, you'll have to remind me. Um, yeah, interesting. That's not what happened. I feel like Bridget really just needs to know that that happened, that she was <laughs> the first one to hold that sweet baby. You know, they give, when you're laying there, they let you hold him and like, but I don't think I got to hold same. him. I kissed his little face, you know, but then they take him away from you because they have to finish everything up. Hmm. They got to put your guts back and stuff. Such a different story. I mean, obviously natural birth, C-section, totally different, but so different. But then recovery, they, Hmm. I did not have a private room. I was in with another family and Chris had a toddler at home to take care of. So he couldn't stay with me that night so Chris left me because he had to what? and I was there and I can remember the woman next to me was getting all sorts of visitors and I just wanted to sleep I was just so tired and all of these people were coming in and then they were they would come into like my side it was just a curtain they would say can we take this chair do you mind if we borrow this chair and I'm like what in the world so I left um, like 12 hours before I really mm. was even supposed to, because I'm like, I'm done here. I'm not even, mm-hmm. I'm not getting any rest. I can do this at home with a toddler. Yep. Yeah, I just, I don't understand because, and I don't want to downplay play vaginal birth, sure. but our bodies are kind of designed to handle that. 
Mm -hmm. to some degree. Sometimes it's harder for others. Like the vacuum was used with Aaron and stuff like that, but still like that's a natural process for our bodies with natural healing. When you have a C-section, that's a major surgery, Mm -hmm. major surgery. And so for one to be treated so much differently than the other for recovery purposes, it blows my mind. Like your shower was probably not in your room and you probably had to walk down the hallway to take a shower. I don't remember. I don't even know that I showered there. And obviously if you did a natural birth, you're going to be able to get around a little bit better than with the section. So why would I just, my, my beef with that is birthing is birthing. If one person gets a birthing room, every woman who's giving birth should have a birthing room. And Mm -hmm. I just, that just gets under my skin because you should not have to be dealing with all of those visitors when you're trying to heal from a major surgery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Literally a major surgery surgery. and I that you are awake for. Yeah. Yeah, You're awake for look easy. Like let's be fair. We make having a C-section look good, Mm -hmm. but it's major surgery. Mm -hmm. It's awful. And I can remember, um, you know, when they, when they, sew you back up and all of that. They, they told me you're going to have gas like trapped inside of you and it's going to travel up your body and it's going to hurt, get up, walk around, do what you can. So, I mean, I think I was six or eight hours outside of my C-section standing up, walking the hallways, um, feeling like my guts were going to fall out of my feet. Ugh pushing, pushing my child oh my in the bassinet, like holding on to that for support. Oh. And I still had that stupid gas pain. That is the worst pain. Truth. Let mm-hmm. me ask. So obviously the pain is different mm-hmm. from a vaginal birth to a C-section. Mm-hmm. Which recovery was easier? Ooh. Natural for sure. Oh, wow. That's what I've heard. Yeah. What was worse in the moment? Was natural worse in the moment? Yes. A thousand percent. And truly, if they would have just let me go full term, I never would have asked for a C-section. Like who asks for electional surgery? Nobody. I mean, I guess some people, but I never would have asked for that. For but sure. knowing that just 21 months earlier, I had gone through yeah. all of that. I was not going to do it again. No yeah. way. There was a scar from that to some degree. I mean, who wouldn't have opted to go the route that you went given right. the information you were given? Yeah. That's tough. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's a, a good lesson if if someone who is listening or watching is currently pregnant and your doctor is pushing you to be induced. Our bodies were meant for this. And be your own advocate. You know yes. your body. You mm. may not know it in that moment, but you 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 know what's best for you deep down. I really yes. think that you do. And they they cannot force you to be induced. They cannot mm-hmm. force you to have a C-section. I mean, honest obviously if you're if you're being told to have a C-section for you know, you of have course. preeclampsia, that kind of thing and it's an emergency. Totally different. Right. An emergency C-section is one thing, but if they're telling you to elect that because they want to go on vacation and they want you to have your baby on this day because don't, don't think that that doesn't happen. Um, Why are inductions not done on Fridays? Right. There's, there's, there's a science behind the scheduling and I get it. They have to get scheduled in. So like, yes, if there's an induction, we got to make sure there's enough rooms for the amount of people we're going to induce because we got to keep X amount of rooms ready for the people who naturally go into labor. So I get 
it's a business. Yes. Yes. But, but, be, but be an advocate for yourself. If something doesn't yes. feel right, if you don't feel like you want to have an induction, yes. you don't have to, nope. you do not have to. Um, I wish that I would have been more forceful about just doing it naturally with wow. Jace the second time around. I don't regret the C-section truly. Like it was fine. And I got to hold him seven days earlier, six days earlier than I would have. Um, and he was healthy and happy, but there's also things that come along with C-sections. Like they're more prone to ear aches because, or ear infections, I should say in the beginning, because the process of coming out of the birth canal squeezes their little heads and gets all that liquid out. And when you just lift them up, there's nowhere for that liquid to go, but to stay inside. Um, <laughs> you, say, you say lift it up like it was so easy. Like yeah. they, they, they tugged him out of your belly, right? They did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's really interesting though. I never thought about that before. Well, yeah. I, think, I mean, they try to make the incision as small as possible for healing mm-hmm. purposes. So, I mean, they do kind of wiggle them out of it a little bit. They got to move a lot of stuff to get them out. That's so like cute though. Like little baby Jace, like coming out of a tummy. I know. I don't know. Yeah, it was <laughs> never it seen was a C-section. Don't plan on it. Uh, I made the, the mistake. Yeah, I, I won't. won't. I won't. I won't. One on YouTube, like a total idiot. No. Yes. And then when they were putting the um, IV in my hand oh. that morning, I, all I could think about because my doctor, my C-section went a little bit later than planned. Because my doctor was in another one that morning. Don't tell me they don't schedule them for a reason. Mm-hmm. He's like, let's get these out of the way. It's the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, there was one before me. Mine was supposed to be at like 10 a.m. or something. Um, and all I could think of as they were putting the IV in my hand was everything that was happening to that woman down the hall. <laughs> it was about to happen to me. And I almost passed out. They had to bring me <laughs> A cold compress to put on my head because I was panicking, panicking. Well, there is, I think, something to be said. Like you, you went in knowing you were going to have a C-section, mm-hmm. as opposed. So there was a level of anxiety that I'm sure had to come with that because there was you knew you were having surgery. It wasn't like if that had happened with Aaron, you went, you knew you were having a baby. You went for the process of going, okay, I'm going to have them naturally, and then go. Oh, to keep him healthy, I now have to have a mm-hmm. C-section. There's a different, I think, mental state that comes along with that. Yeah. So I want to know if you were to have had a third, knowing what you mm. know now, mm. how would you have advocated differently for yourself and another baby? What might be different too, because you went from natural to C-section to have, what do they call them? Like a V-back? A V-back. V-back. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that might even be just a different situation in and of Fair. itself. It's all things True. equal, I guess. If that wasn't an issue, like there was no safety issue with having a V-back because of the C-section. I think I would have, I would have let my body do mm-hmm. what it needed to do for sure. Especially the third time around yeah. mm-hmm. your body knows what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Women have been having babies for centuries. Yep. <laughs> Very long um, time. Yeah. So your body knows. And of course there's, again, of course there's emergency situations. There's things that come up that you don't anticipate. Mm-hmm. You can have the most detailed, well-written birth plan out there. Some you, Something is going to happen that may, may cause you to stray from it. But I would have, 
definitely pushed to just let me go into labor on my own. I don't want to do any sort of intervention. So it makes me wonder. So I know when my mom was having babies, it was not uncommon for them. They wouldn't really induce until like the mother was two weeks past. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Which was technically a month later than what you had the boys at potentially. So it makes you wonder, you know, if more people would go into labor naturally, because I think they push that 38 week window way too much. And I'm not, none of us are medical professional Mm -hmm. at all, but it seems that there's definitely some truth to letting your body do what your body knows what to do. Mm -hmm. Because you're right. Women been having babies Long before there was epidural, there were C-sections. And yes, a lot of women died too. I get that. I get that. I'm grateful for modern day, you know, science. Oh, yes. So grateful. But I think in the addition to that, we've lost the ability to understand that mother nature is sometimes the the best at birthing children at the very Mm -hmm. least. That's just my opinion. But I think your birth story kind of kind of aligns with that thought. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, those were somewhat rushed versions to fit with our, Oh yeah. That's allowed. Um, but I think the biggest and most important thing in that story is to advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. and be knowledgeable just because you're like, for me, I was a first time mom and I had read the books and I belonged to the mom boards and all of that. And I still didn't know how to advocate for myself. And I still didn't know how to say, no, I don't want to be induced. I want to wait Um, because I'm such a people pleaser. I can't tell my doctor no. Well, and we just didn't know. Yeah. We think the medical professionals are no best. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, they do to some degree, but I think we do know our bodies. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. Um, I love, again, hearing birth stories and just how they're all so, so different. And even just the two, the two of your birth stories are so, well, black and white. Yeah. So different. Yeah. So how much did Jace weigh? Did you say? Um, Aaron was 814 and I think Jace was 811. I don't remember. I'm I'm the worst. I'm the worst when it comes to remembering that. It's so hard to remember though. It is. I'm not a numbers person. And also, it's been a very long time. Yeah. 10 years mm-hmm. for Aaron. Well, and I think I I don't I believe this is true, but somewhere I read that your body almost produces a hormone to make you forget pain and stuff like that. I've heard I've that. made I'm not making that up, correct? That's mine so. must ha- <laughs> I must be faulty there. <laughs> but there's something about that you try to forget that so that way we do have more children or we are okay with having surgeries. You know, we yeah. kind of purposely create our our forgetfulness so we can move on with life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, you've got sweet boys. Mm-hmm. Both so cute. Stories. So, so sweet. Cute. And healthy. Yes. Healthy. Healthy babies. They were healthy boys. They are strong. Yeah. Um, both uniquely different. Yes. So different. Story. I mean, just as different as their birth stories. I think that's just, it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. They were so different in that aspect because they're so 
different as little personalities. God, they're so cute. They are adorable. I love them. You have the sweetest boys ever. They are really sweet. Like, thank you for saying that. But man, they really are. They're so kind hearted. Both Mm -hmm. of them. They are. Jace's new thing um, is to walk up to me and whisper, hey, little lady. Stop it. Just stop it. Where does he come up with this? He's so stinking cute. All that would be better is if it was like the age that he was doing. You want to go in the house? <laughs> Did you see that video? <laughs> I've seen it like a long time ago. But if he would say that to you now, I'm not like a little draw. Hey, little lady. Like, could you yeah. imagine? Yeah. It's no, so instead sweet. Hey, little lady. <laughs> Where does he come oh up gosh. with this stuff? I don't know. I just don't know. And, you know, he was he was growing his hair out. Mm. You saw him recently yes. through Zoom. It was real long and swoopy. Mm-hmm. And I guess Chris took him yesterday to get it trimmed. And Aaron was growing his out, and Aaron decided he couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. He's much more practical. He's like, it's in my eyes. I have to touch it constantly. Get rid of it. Um, where Jace was in it for, like, the love of the game, right? Just sure. whatever. So I guess they went to the hair place yesterday, and he told the woman, I was trying to race my mom to see whose hair would grow faster and hers won. So you can cut it. <laughs> <laughs> this child. He's this child. so goofy. He's so goofy. I mean, he wasn't wrong, though. He wasn't. I mean, I just saw a picture of us on Zoom last year. My hair was so short. Yes. I was decided to use quarantine mm-hmm. to grow out my pixie yeah. cut. Mm-hmm. And it's really grown. It's it's a mess today, but like it's really grown. It's long. I yeah, still love your hair so short. I think it's just a, such a signature style on you. I dig the longer, but I think the short is so good. Um, and you can experience this because, or you can maybe understand this because you've grown out a pixie cut. There was a TikTok video of a lady bawling her eyes out because she thought her hair grew uneven. <laughs> I would die. So because she could not wrap her head around that this gets longer because it's lower on her head. Right. So this, it was all growing oh, the I same see. distance. And when she f- realized the science behind that, she just thought she was so stupid and she just was so besides her. Yeah. She needs to go like, oh, this is this length. This is this length. Not. I get it. I get it. I get it. It was so funny, but because she had that like pixie where I don't think about it. I don't think that this might be a different length than this, like Mm. at the end of the day, because it doesn't matter. You know, I just thought that was. It's so true, though. I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Different lengths, but different, but the same length at the same time. It's much for her to process. Too funny. funny. That's interesting. What were you going to say, Danielle? So I also had a similar thing happen, but then I realized it was because my hair was cut incorrectly. Oh, cool. So it was longer on one side and not over here. It was like a side by side thing. That's fine. We don't, we don't see this person anymore. Good. Good. Let's talk about the pregnancy hair loss with both of your pregnancies. Let's just tap on that before we, we wrap this up. Cause I think all women can relate to that as well. What was your hair loss? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, what's, was there a difference between the two? Yeah. So curious. Um, no, I don't think that there was a difference between the two. Um, with Aaron, my hair was long. Well, with both of them, my hair was long, but Mm -hmm. I think it was 
longer Mm -hmm. um, when I had Aaron, like well past my shoulders, Mm -hmm. but as the mom of a toddler Mm -hmm. and then being pregnant pretty much right after it was just always in a ponytail. I never like the hair loss was significant, but I never did anything about it because I didn't have time. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. With Jace again, like kept losing it, kept losing it. Mm-hmm. I would open the refrigerator and find hair in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Like it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cut it about this length, I guess, but more stylized. This is just a mess because it's growing out. Um, and I kept losing it, kept losing it. And that's why I went to a pixie cut because I was like, I'm losing my hair anyway. I've always wanted to try this, cut it off interesting that's what that's what started the pixie cut and you have very thick hair very thick hair was it noticeable yeah yeah no I don't think that it was figured it probably wasn't with yeah I don't I don't know how because I can remember like showering and just pulling out clumps of hair and thinking, how can I afford to lose this much hair no it's crazy Mm. but you had you had postpartum hair loss didn't you, Danielle? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm still suffering with the very fun regrowth. It's terrible. Anything that you see standing up, I mean, it's all standing up at this point. It's well, terrible. And I think hair just grows back differently after birth, too. These ones? Mm-hmm. I just pulled one out. Cool. I needed that. I needed that one. You needed it, Danielle. <laughs> I used to, so this is quick side note. I used to have very thick hair as well. My mom has very thick hair and I lost a lot of it after my dad died. Like Mm. I would say four to six months after he died. And that's the same thing after pregnancy. It was like four to six months. And it's just, it's just not growing back. (laughs) I have some small ones that are coming through, but it's uh, hair loss is no joke. No, it's not. And every, every woman deals with it just on a different scale. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Well, I enjoyed hearing about your, your birth stories. It was, I mean, we, I kind of knew some of the pieces, Mm -hmm. but it's fun to actually hear kind of all of the pieces at one start to finish. Yes. Yeah. Start to finish. And, and I love how you said the nurses and especially Mm -hmm. with Aaron's, the nurse students even were Mm -hmm. a huge key to your well-being and sanity, probably. They sent me a letter. I think they probably do this. I don't know. I don't remember getting one with Jace, but the student nurses and Darlene, my nurse, mm-hmm. sent me a letter like Aww. a couple weeks after I had Aaron, just like, congratulations. How and the nurse sweet. The students wrote like, thank you so much for allowing us to stay. Like it was cute. You know, and again, I don't want to knock on the care that you get after having a C-section, but those are the things that are missing. And that infuriates me because a birth Mm. is a birth Mm. and a baby is a baby. And just because you didn't have that experience of a natural birth to just feel like because it was surgery that you don't get that special treatment. You don't. It's infuriating. And it's so crazy. So upset. So if any medical people are listening to this that have anything to say in how C-section mamas are treated, please hear us that that's not okay. That does not give a that's right experience that is good. I mean, mamas who had C-sections already feel in a lot of time, in a lot of ways, like a failure. Mm-hmm. And then you give them mediocre like recovery on top of that, help them mom out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I feel strong. You tell them. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'll, I'll be that advocate for any mama out there right now. 
Bridget and I and Danielle, uh, the bad moms, will speak to your doctor. Yes. Yeah. We unite. Yeah. Just give a give them um, give us their phone number. We'll yeah. we'll give them a call. <laughs> we'll call them on a Zoom one day. Yeah, we're not afraid. We know people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just don't get how they can continue to give that kind of treatment for this long. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, it's it's terrible. It I guess really I was is. just naive that that even happened. No, you're not naive. You had a natural birth and you had a nice experience. I mean, <laughs> you had the right. Wow. <laughs> you had the care that you had. Yes. And it was, it was interesting to go from a natural birth and having the care that I had to a C-section and having the lack of care that I so had crazy mm-hmm. when you need it the most, mm-hmm. right? I you would just, almost think it would be the opposite. Yeah. You'd think that the natural birth mom, you'd be like, you're good. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can leave tomorrow. Come yeah. get your things. And my mom also, I only reference my mom often because she had four daughters. So she's mm-hmm. birthed a handful of girls. And she always said, you know, when you had a baby back in the day, like you really, you were treated like it was almost like you were on vacation. You know, they did everything for you. You were there for like four or five days. They let you heal. They let you sleep. They really honored that healing process. And now I guess if you have a vaginal birth, I mean, you were kicked out within what? 24 hours. It's 24 hours. Yep. Yep. And C-section. I mean, the care is so bad. You're begging to go home because that's exactly if, if you're not going to get any, a, different care you'd rather at least terrible for and be in your own bed with your own mm-hmm. bathroom close mm-hmm. your, your help right there if you have it so we got to stop this episode now before I'm-, <laughs> I'm so passionate about this it just infuriates me we'll have to have uh maybe like an OBGYN yeah. nurse or something come on and break it down for us that'd be fun interesting Amanda's like, do like a whole series around it. No, I feel like we could have like, maybe, oh, oh, Oh. if anybody would even be interested in this, I would be interested to see the whole birthing experience between an OB, a midwife, and then maybe a nurse Mm -hmm. get like that whole spectrum. For sure. The nurses do the bulk of the care. I mean, 100% my OB walked in three and a half minutes before I was supposed to push with a leather jacket on. And he was like, okay, let's do this. Whoa. And I love him. Like that's not even a, a dig at him. I love him so much. And I'm, he was, he's a busy man. And who, for all I know, he came in from another delivery in his leather jacket. Um, interesting. <laughs> that's super interesting. But yeah. Oh yeah. The nurses did everything. They prepped the room. They prepped me. They, they did everything. I saw him five minutes before I was supposed to push and I saw him the day that the boys were circumcised and that was it. See, I had a, I had a midwife. So my story is super different. I can't wait to hear yours. I can't wait. Unless these, unless these come out out of order and maybe you've already heard Danielle's, then you know how awesome it is. I think it, I think it will. I think it will. I think mine is going to go first. I think you're right. Oh, it will. It will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll circle back. Just keep circling back. Yeah. A little (laughs) look behind the curtain. (laughs) All right. Let's get, let's get this over with. Okay. Let's close this up. Be an advocate for yourself. Um, Be knowledgeable. Be knowledgeable, Mm -hmm. be empowered, be all of those things, because at the end of the day, it's your body and it's your baby and you are the boss. Boom. Love it. See you guys. See you next. next Writing things down. (laughs) Bye guys.
Bye. <laughs>